0: Welcome, welcome, travelers. We We're are aware that your journey, journey was difficult, but prepare to, prepare to have your questions, questions answered, for We're
1: you have been world granted world an audience with the Masters of Art.
2: And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host... Ben Bateman.
3: What's up, everybody? I want to talk about all the cool things that are happening in the Magic World today. There's news, there's insane stuff. I want to even introduce ourselves and our producer, but I'm not going to do it because we have a super special guest. We have an epic guest. We have a returning guest, one of the oldest guests of this show, who now designs Magic cards for a living. We have Wizards of the Coast, Magic the Gathering card designer, Andrew Brown, on the line. What's up, Andrew?
1: Thank you for the awesome intro Ben. You
3: you're just you're you're really good at that, all right? I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's cool man. I'm really happy to have you back on the show. This uh this Mulligan rule that's going to be tried out in London. It's being referred to conveniently mm-hmm. as the London Mulligan. <laughs> Very convenient. Uh and I wanted to know a little bit of like Obviously, you guys must have talked about that around the office for a while, and it's it's a big change. Uh huh. So it is. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it favors limited and standard. That's the that's the general feeling I have, right? Like powered formats having a little more control in your opening hand seems like it, it could give an advantage. Obviously, I haven't played it yet, so I don't know. But talk okay. to me, talk to me a little bit about like does it does it affect your card design knowing that that's going to be something you're attempting for standard? No. Doesn't change it. It doesn't. Not at all.
2: So I guess I guess my, my the first question we're going to really start is is where did this mulligan come from? Who like what was kind of the idea behind it? Why the change? Why looking to make a change? Et cetera, et cetera.
1: Uh, I mean, we were looking to, you know, like kind of cut down on some of the non games that could happen at the high levels of competition. And then we kind of all got together and then this idea was put forth and then we tested it for standard and limited and we liked it. So we're going to do the test in London.
2: Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting to watch. What motivated you or like, can you kind of talk us through why test this out on a modern pro tour uh, or a modern mythic championship? Why not, you know, showcase it in other formats? Why did you decide to start there? Uh or the team of wizards. <laughs>
3: we realized this was not A Andrew Brown poor <laughs> uh, sure. decision.
2: Yeah.
1: Well we'll 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 just get the most information from it because like the Pro Tour is the best players in the world and we want to get the best data points that we can. And uh we know that it's most volatile in older formats, so that seemed like the best choice for us.
3: In testing, what was the least number of cards that you mulliganed down to? Did you ever mulligan down to, like, two cards, three cards? Like, when you guys were testing it out in any format, I mean, just, like, obviously, oh, sure. I'm curious to see, like, did anybody ever mulligan down to, like, two to, like, you know what I mean? Just keep, like, a, like a land and a spell to try to get you there. I would mulligan.
1: Uh, no, we, we don't really do that um, because it's not a good use of our time, generally. Like, we'll generally just stop and go to, we'll stop at five and then uh, go from there. Because like the goal of our testing is to test the cards, not um, like go down to two and see if we can win. Yeah, right? right.
3: That makes sense. That makes sense. That's interesting. You guys would stop at five. I mean, that's like obviously in friendly play. That is often how you do it if you're testing for like a big event. When you get down to five, it's like just draw seven. We're trying to play real games here. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it, we we do try to replicate that, but it's important to also mulligan at the same time.
3: Makes sense. You had one of the most meteoric rises ever um, in a short time, your pro, pro career as a Magic player. Like, it was crazy, right? You came, you're, you're grinding. I remember the days of, like, you were just a limited player, and then you started playing <laughs> standard. I, I remember you used to, like, frown when I would talk about constructed play. You, like, didn't want to talk about it. Well, it's, um, it's, it's yeah. funny because well, I, I
1: wanted to perfect my, my my craft of limited, right? I didn't feel like I was ready.
3: Yeah, you were really, really good limited player. Honestly, I learned a lot playing playing limited with you. I think a lot of like the the kind of decks that I liked playing, I would often lose to you when you were playing those decks.
2: Well, <laughs> it, it, it's funny too because I, I to find out how many episodes of the podcast you've now been on, which is eight. I, I wow, really? Up already, yeah, he's, he was on eight. This is it number episode number eight. Wow. It also like has the episode descriptions of you being a guest, and the first one was. Episode 11, which was November 20th, 2014, which was Ben's fourth episode (laughs) on the podcast. He's
3: trying me out. He was auditioning me. He was Uh, getting ready
2: to fire me there. Um, And in that episode, it's like Andrew Brown of Heidi Ho Comics joins Kessler and Ben. And then four episodes, or where is it? The next one is six episodes later. It's uh, in January uh, 2015, and it's GP Denver champion Andrew Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And just, I think even the next one, Pro Tour competitor. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it's like slowly every episode you came on, your title just got sweeter and sweeter, and now it's game designer and, and employee, which is the coast.
3: Yeah, it's it was uh it was pretty fascinating to watch happen. So I guess the reason I bring it up is because we're now living in a different world of of organized play. Um, Arena has completely changed the game, and for anybody who is grinding, is grinding matches now to try to. Obviously, you earn a bigger payout. I mean, that's one of the things that's really interesting is that Magic the Gathering is now offering really significant payouts to its competitive players, which is really cool. Um, would you have, do you think you would have played differently? Would you have, like, I don't know, committed earlier, harder, more if there was a system in place like today where the payouts were bigger? Or do you think it was more, less about what you were winning, more about just the competition for you back then? Um, I, I would have gone a lot harder.
1: Um, if I could envision myself a, at the time, if I could envision it as a job, like when I was like 22 or whatever, I would have totally gone so hard in it. Um, cause I think a, a lot of it is also just some about circumstance in your life. Like if you have, if you can afford to do that, um, if, if you think that's fun, then you should definitely go do that. And, you know, knowing myself when I was like 22 or 21, I definitely would have dropped everything for that.
3: Yeah, I think one of the things that's that's really interesting about this system is that um, you used to be able to grind, you know, magic online, and now it's arena. But it definitely feels like it definitely feels like it's a different ball game now, right? With the the top eight players getting that invite. Hmm, how can I ask this question? I don't want to make you give advice or pass judgment on the current system, but.
1: I basically, I basically, <laughs> yeah, you you definitely have to avoid a lot.
3: Yeah. I basically what I really want to know is like with eight players, the eight highest ranked players in February making it to you know, getting this invite, like, would that have excited you at the time? I guess is basically the question I want to ask. Not even now, but Andrew Brown, twenty two year old Andrew Brown. Like would that have driven you to be one of those eight people or would you have just been like the yeah. the EV is just not? Oh there. yeah, easily. Totally. My my goal
1: back then was to become the best magic player in the world and that is just, that seems like a stepping stone to get there. So there's, I would have stopped at nothing to try and do that. I mean, that's just, that's just kind of what the kind of gamer I am. Like, I just, I strive to be the best at the thing that I'm doing always. And
3: <laughs>
1: my goal was to become the best magic player in the world. So that's uh, it's an easy one.
3: I want to acknowledge the uh, announcement today. Uh, and like I said, we're going to kind of do a full breakdown a little later in the show because I know you didn't work on this product. Um, but there was this, uh, this product announced today, modern horizons. Um, and it's, they're going to be printing modern cards in booster packs that are original unique cards as well as some reprints, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty unique, pretty, pretty brand new product. Um, what do you remember the first time you heard about this product? Like when you heard this was a thing that was in development, do you have, do you recall or no?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. It was um this was set on stream today, but uh it was during one of our design hackathons or okay. jams where we like everybody kind of takes a week off and then we think about uh ideas for new things or new ways to explore the game and uh this was one of them and it really caught on and uh yeah, that was the genesis of
3: this. So, they previewed two cards today on the stream, um, both of which are kind of flavorful. Cabal, Therapist, and Sarah, the Benevolent, are the two cards. And, again, we're going to talk specifically about those cards a little more in a second. But the power level definitely seems pretty high. Um, and as somebody who primarily designs for Standard, were you... Mm-hmm. Like, I know you didn't design these cards, but, like, were you able to at least like, like at least um, have conversations as you would see the card file? Like or as it got further and further along when it was closer to being done, like, oh, that's cool, like, you know, I would have done that, but that's too powerful sort of a thing.
1: Uh, w- Well, when you said that I didn't work on the product, that's not, like, exactly true. Like, I was in some play tests, I got to give feedback on some cards, I just didn't actively work on it, I more passively worked on it. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen all the cards, I've, like, pseudo-touched all of them, but I didn't, <laughs> uh, like really dive into
0: it so does this mean we're going to get some classic uh abro comments when they do the m files the inevitable n files
1: uh yeah i definitely they'll definitely be some abro comments in the m files but i'm definitely most active on the in the standard m files
2: so so for people who don't know what that is uh the wiz uh the mothership uh Daily MTG releases kind of a, a breakdown of some of the notes that they did during the design process of different cards, and yeah, uh, in that um, Andrew's little abbreviated name is Abro, so if you see it, yeah, that see is A-Bro, my, uh, my <laughs> nickname.
0: And he's known for having some of the funnier multiverse comments out there. So
3: <laughs> I have I have a sneaking suspicion that Andrew's going to be proud of me on this one. So Andrew, a couple months back on the podcast, uh, we had a conversation about. Grand Prix Los Angeles, Magic Fest LA. And, uh, you know, it's modern. And Alex made me promise live on air that I would play a real deck at the tournament. Um, Okay. Like an actual competitive tested deck that's placed.
2: Yeah, the list has to have top aided (laughs) recently and it has to be real. (laughs) Much
3: to my chagrin uh, because
2: I never want to do that, ever. I prefer to lose with great ideas that just didn't quite work out. Um, of course. I mean the <laughs> actual, the actual Andrew Brown quote that I may or may not have said is that there's nothing more fun than winning. <laughs> so why uh, would you play yeah, anything that's else? That's a different
3: me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing. Uh, I'm I'm going to be playing mono red phoenix. Uh, is my deck okay? Uh, I'm not playing blue red phoenix. I think it's good, but I have all the cards for mono red, and I actually taught my brother to play the deck when I went to Portland. You actually met my brother. That's right. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I swung by. I saw you guys. Yeah, it was fun, and he had a great time playing it. And his exact comments to me when I took a stupid brew. Actually, it was a pretty sweet brew. Now that I think about it, but that's the point. Yeah, besides the point. I was like, I'm losing, and he was like, Why didn't you just play this deck? This deck is really good. You should have just played this. Why are you playing that deck? And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't want to ask that question. <laughs> Uh, he like never plays Magic, and he was like definitely doing better than I was because he had a way better deck. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see how I fare with a real deck. This might be the proof that I'm actually well, I, bad at Magic, by the way.
2: Because, uh, uh, I mean, I personally believe, believe that you are better at Magic than me. But I think we are close in our record at playing against each other purely from the fact that I am playing with good cards and you're not. (laughs) (laughs) It's been my dream to... It's been my dream to
3: take Magus of the Vineyard as a four of and modern to a GP for a long time, and I started trying to convince
2: myself to, uh, of, of a way you, you to have do had, that. You have played decks that are have to be worse than playing Magus of the Vineyard in it.
3: Can we just all <laughs> acknowledge that Aethervile, Magus of the Vineyard, Mir Superior in the same deck is insane? You can get, no, you can get turned, <laughs> <laughs> you can get turned to. A uh, 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 mere superior into play off your magus, you can get a turn two collected company, which gets you more mere superiors, and your vial can get you the magus into play end of their turn, so that you get the mana first. It's just the craziest confluence of events.
2: All right, would you play? Mana I think Convluence? we really have
1: different definitions of insane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might have the same definition. It's just Ben would be insane for playing this versus oh, different <laughs>
1: interpretation. Yeah. I get it. Okay, yeah. Um, it, yeah, one thing Wizards of the Coast has done, it's really sharpened my communication skills. Uh, so I can definitely understand where we're having a disagreement now, Then <laughs> our
3: interpretation of what That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. So we covered, we covered the London Mulligan. We covered the organized play changes so, a little so bit.
2: I have a few questions about kind of your, the last couple of years of you, you designing magic cards. Now, based on the sets that you've worked on that are in the world what was probably your most mm-hmm. favorite set to work on and, and, and create and design? Most favorite set to work on? Yeah. Uh, probably War of the Spark, the
1: upcoming, um, the the newest upcoming standard release. Okay.
3: It's just... was easily the most fun. Okay, well, that's pretty sweet. So we can't ask you any questions about it, but I guess we can be excited about it. So what was your second favorite <laughs> that we can ask you questions about? <laughs> oh, okay.
2: But I, I, everyone um, get hyped. <laughs>
1: yeah uh uh dominaria and guilds of ravnica were my most were my favorites um they were both led by really really sm- the best two set leads that we have um eric Lauer and dave Humphreys, and i learned a ton and uh yeah it was just super fun to work on sagas it was awesome to make guild cards like the uh, there was just so much fun going on and uh I, if I had to choose one,
3: I'd probably say Guilds of Ravnica,
1: um, but it's really a toss-up.
3: You know, I know back in the day we used to talk a lot about Time Spiral and you know uh, Modern Masters One and how much we both enjoyed that era of Magic and a lot of those cards. Um, was mm-hmm. was Dominaria a little bit like that for you, getting to kind of reach back? Get those old like i mean you used to work in a magic store so you used to sort old magic <laughs> cards and had like a real awareness of crappy old commons and like weird cards that, that nobody knows about like yeah was there a part of dominaria that was super fun flavor wise for you to be like "Ah, oh, this is going to be in reference to this thing like this is so exciting uh,
1: or, i have a bad answer i'm not too into the flavor of it um it's so been so like <laughs>
3: so the same answer for
2: me yeah I care.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall's excited for Sarah. Yeah, I know. Oh, I love Dominaria. I, <laughs> that's, that's the great thing about magic is that it appeals to so many people in so many different ways. And we can all still like love it together while also just focusing on completely different things.
3: Um, on that note, just quickly, like, and obviously, again, this is, if, if this is another question that you can't answer, that's fair. Um, You've played Magic for a very long time and have played with a lot of old cards with all different kinds of cool keywords. Are there any keywords mm-hmm. that are super like near and dear to your heart that you would be excited to see come back in a set? I don't even want to say that you would like to work on because I feel like that puts you in a bad position. Just oh, the ones that no, you yeah, most
1: I excited. Talk about I think my favorite keyword is actually Explore. Um, That's cool. I really like mechanics that just progress games into regular Magic games. Um, So like cheap creatures with explore kind of just like smooth your draw. Maybe they're bigger. You get to filter your draw and they just kind of get people to play more magic. So any sort of mechanic that helps players play the game of magic is great. So like cycling, explore, uh, basically things that help you make land drops or things
3: that prevent non-games are awesome. And that's, I mean, I think that's a great answer actually because a lot of, the most fun part of Magic is, I mean, what you just talked about, which is drawing a card that's good early and good late, and a little bit of what you're saying <laughs> is kind of what helps you do that. It's something that you can play reasonably early or, or early enough that it feels like you're getting something out of it, but it also kind of progresses you into that later part of the game. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: So, so on the mechanic question, uh, more on recent standard years, and you said Guilds of Ravnica was one of your favorites, and we've now gotten all mm-hmm. ten guild mechanics. Um, of the ten, which one was your most favorite, and which one would you say is your least favorite? My most favorite,
1: hmm, it's either
2: Jumpstart or Surveil. Both um, sweet, both blue, that fantastic does not answers. Surprise me at all. Well, yeah, and you said you invented yeah. it. You designed chemistry, chemistry's insight. And they work right. so
0: well together.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do work so well together. That was intentional.
1: Um, yeah, I, I like... Uh, I think I, I'll say Surveil more. Um, like, I think one of my favorite cards is, like, Whisper Agent. Um, do you guys know that card? It's, yeah, card uh, Yeah, the 3-2 Flash um, Surveil one. Um, yeah, like, it's so versatile... It can help you get to the late game. It's you're not always super sad to draw it. Um, it's just like generally always happiness when you have it, and those are the cards that I like best.
2: And then your least favorite? Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'll give you this
1: answer. Um, when I first saw Adapt, I didn't really like it, just because obviously very easy answer of oh, it's just worse monstrous or whatever right
3: right right right
1: after like thinking about the design space of like oh you can just put counters on your creatures through a different means to re-trigger or to get an extra bonus like it really opened up a lot of like synergies that i hadn't really thought of and i thought it was really cool on second glance but on first glance i didn't like it very much
3: i uh had a lot of fun playing what's the simic ascendancy yes at the free release I loved adapt. Oh yeah. I, I won both of my like I I was 3-0 and I went into the fourth round and I won literally both of my final games with getting twenty counters on my Simic Ascendancy through Adapt. It made me so happy. It was like the greatest yep. experience that a pre-release I've nice. ever had. I I definitely had a hand
1: directly in making that card, so I'm super glad that you like it.
3: it yeah, that card is <laughs> that card is sweet. I was actually when we did our set review, I like made Alex stop and listen to me talk for a while about how you could put it into hardened scales and modern and like he was like that just makes the deck worse though and I was like no 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 it can win it, it, it says win the game you don't have to attack it's like ah
2: I, do, uh, I, I don't like attacking so that's fair uh, I also so like over the last couple sets every set has had like one card that we ended up like shot calling was really good and then talking about for four episodes straight and the last and after uh Guilds of Ravnica it was Arclight Phoenix and then I was like terrified mm-hmm. that uh, it was going to be Simic Ascendancy after this set
3: <laughs> are you not are you not <laughs> tracking the fact that my call on Terramander is correct That's no, no no no
2: be- Terramander was the right card we should yeah. have been talking about but we spent two episodes talking about Simic Ascendancy <laughs> 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 I'll talk about Terramander all day long that card is uh, the best <laughs> well in designing yeah, Terramander super
1: sweet
0: and in di- uh, designing Simic Ascendancy you've now like put the call out for nine other eventual guild ascendancies when we return to return to return to Ravnica. Talk to Gavin about that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I do. I would love Uh, to see more ascendancies. That
1: was actually, I mean, that's, that wasn't intentional. Creative just kind of gave it that name.
2: So yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. We, when Gavin was on, he mentioned that as well, where it was just like, Oh yeah, we hadn't, we didn't even think about it. And then now the internet has informed us that we should have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah hindsight 2020 what, what, <laughs>
2: what, what food are you most excited to eat coming back and visiting los angeles this weekend oh
1: there's this uh there's this korean korean barbecue place that serves only duck i'm oh. so excited Ooh, that sounds really good Sounds <laughs> I, good. You, I, you need to tell me where that place is i love so can... kbbq yeah that they, have, they have two things on the menu there's a duck and spicy duck that's, <laughs> that's all you can order
3: Dope. wow duck and spicy duck yeah, i've dead. never i've never heard of such a place I'm, I'm yeah, not, I'm and the best in. thing about it is they they
1: they catch all the grease from cooking the duck in this like vat at the bottom.
0: <laughs> I like and where this is
1: going? Once the meal is over, they just cook fried rice in it.
3: Oh, oh that sounds in really the vat. good. That sounds damn good. We're yeah, talking
1: it's, about like it's unbelievably
3: awesome. Uh, I was going to say something, but then Alex wanted to talk about fried rice duck, so go for it.
2: Oh no! Yeah, I mean, there's duck. Uh, I've been wondering where they get all the grease for duck fries, and apparently, it's this restaurant. Yeah, apparently. They, <laughs> they oh yeah, it's it amazing. Um, it's amazing.
3: So, Andrew, if the folks want to follow along with uh, some of your abro comments or any of the things you have to say about magic, uh-huh. where can they where can they follow along with you? Uh, I am at Merck
1: underscore lurker on Twitter. Um, I also have. I do two articles per three per per three months on the mothership, um, where I talk about how we got to some of the cards for standard um my article series is called the first look into ffl and then uh, i'll occasionally be on the monday r&d plays magic stream generally be at all the west coast events so that's pretty much where you can find me
3: sweet well we can't wait to see you this weekend uh and not play magic with you but we'll high five or something (laughs)
2: well the meetup Um, (laughs) is at a uh, (laughs) bar slash restaurant so there doesn't there can just be yeah fun activities versus exactly magic activities. we're just gonna be hanging out
3: so that's loud and, and <laughs> in our ears but uh i'm yeah, excited I'm totally to, see... to hang out yeah i'm uh i'm excited to see you and thank you for coming on the show man and we're gonna talk yeah, about modern things that we can't ask you about now so you gotta go <laughs> all right sounds good
2: talk away <laughs> all right buddy thanks see you later see you about and we're back uh, big shout-out, thanks to Andrew Brown for coming on. Um, he had to go, and we wanted to talk a little bit of all the new stuff in a way that we could talk about it that he couldn't talk about it, so we're talking about it now.
3: It's so interesting when you think about the fact that Magic the Gathering is this massive, massive game that's owned by this massive corporation, and these friends of ours that now work for that corporation in that game... Mm-hmm they, like, only are able to talk about a certain amount of stuff without just, like, getting in a huge amount of trouble. (laughs) And so, like, you have to be so careful when you do those interviews because it's, like, you want to, like, say to your buddy, like, no, no, but, like, you know, seriously. And they're just
2: like, yeah, I'm not going to go anywhere near that with a 10-foot pole. I'm sorry, man. It's just not going to happen. Let's just move on. Well, there's like small traps that you don't even think of, like the fact that he can't give out information that will help pro players do better at the Pro Tour in a weird way. and like That's why he couldn't answer that. It wasn't that he had secret information. It's just he's played with cards more than them and had that information earlier, so they don't want to put that information out of the world. Um, So
3: the things that we want to talk about
2: today on the show— We had two big announcements.
3: Yeah, huge ones. I mean, this is actually one of the biggest weeks for modern news in a long time. Yep. The system is down.
0: Yeah, oh man The fans are going (laughs) to love that one
2: uh, You're so happy. So happy. <laughs> I just got to get to watch Tangled.
3: Uh, I'm never watching Tangled. Let's, I don't want to do this on the show. <laughs> this is the perfect place to do
0: it. I'm calling you off. Public- You're delaying the hot news.
2: Uh, so, two things. One, or three things. One is modern uh, Mythic Championship. The next Mythic Championship in London uh, will be focused on modern. We didn't know if that was going to happen. I had some bets on the internet that it won't, and now it is. So, yeet. There was a lot of yeah, we were depressed about it a little bit with the with
3: arena taking off the way it was. We thought there was a possibility, yeah, that maybe followed by T. Yeah. (laughs) We thought there was maybe a possibility that, you know, modern as a format wasn't gonna be supported going forward and and we didn't know. And uh, you know, despite the encouraging remarks by members of Wizards, like you just never really know what this stuff because at the end of the day. The point of this game for them is to sell product. They have to design it to sell packs. That's well, that's and, how it survives. And, and so
2: And modern exists for a reason. Like there's a reason this format exists, and it is because the best way to have packs sell well during the standard period and for people to invest firmly into standard is that so that those cards have a second life afterwards. Right. And You know, up to this point, you know, Arena has been such a big deal and Modern hasn't been a big focus. There hasn't been a moment where they're like, nope, Modern is still a thing. And then finally, after six months this week, they're like, not only are you getting a Modern Mythic Championship, not only is it going to be heavily supported by us in that moment, we're also going to release two months later, right into Modern Season a modern specific set that is like a standard set but skipping standard and printed for modern. That was the other big thing that was announced was uh, Modern Horizon, which is a limited format set, so similar to Battle Bond or Conspiracy or even Unstable, um, that is going to have cards printed into it that are either reprinted cards that aren't legal in modern currently or new cards that are once it's in this set and illegal and, and released, now legal and modern. So they're hopscotching scot- standard. We're going to get our own full set for modern, a bunch There's of three cards. There's literally
3: like so much news to talk about right now. We're brimming. So I think like, and the last thing you're <laughs> we, we only talked about a little bit with Andrew, in fact, we didn't even make reference to one of the most significant details of Autumn Burchette winning is that Autumn Burchette is the first openly gendered non binary magic champion ever. Yeah.
0: And so the first correct. English champion ever. Yeah.
3: I mean, there's so many, so many firsts, so many huge pieces of news this week in Magic.
2: They um, couldn't have waited until the, it was in London and then they could have flipped cars. It would have been like the Super Bowl <laughs> where there was a riot and now London has to just. Don't act do like do you, know anything, you know, know anything about sports. You know anything about nothing. the. Super- there's
3: no flipping cars in the Super Bowl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The the uh, Boston. Every mm, year. Yeah. They burn cars. Yeah. Tor- Did I just get punked on it? Yeah. And then like when the Football Lakers players won the first the with Kobe and Jack, they flipped cars and rioted by Staples Center? Yeah. I at least know when the riots are happening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so there's a handful of things happening. Um, we
3: are a modern show, and we want to make sure we get enough conversation going about these important modern details. So the London Mulligan Rule, which we made reference to a second ago talking to Andrew Brown, um, is a brand-new Mulligan that they are trying out at this particular mythic championship.
2: And the way it works is uh, you draw your normal seven cards, and then if you want them all again, you put them away. But instead of drawing six cards this next time, you draw seven again. And then if you don't like that hand, you can put it away. And then you draw seven cards again until you have six versions of that. You basically have six lives. And then when you decide, oh, I like what I have here, you... The number of times you do you put those cards on the bottom of your deck. That many cards. So hand. if you
3: take two mulligans, you'll look at a good seven, and then you will take two cards from that seven and put them on the bottom Keeping of your deck. Keeping five. So the more times you mulligan, the less cards you start with, but the more you control you have of which those cards will be in your opening hand. It's a fascinating new rule they're trying out for this particular Mythic Championship with two details in particular that make it really, really interesting. One of them is that it's modern, which I think this rule was probably developed. I mean, it's been confirmed this rule was developed for limited and standard, and it lends itself a little better to limited and standard because in modern, take like a deck like Dredge, four cards is more than plenty to win.
2: Well, so so, and we'll, part of me feels like we should do an entire episode on this, and like next week we should just talk about because I, I think between the two conversations that we have news wise, the Mulligan rule is an entire episode versus. The Modern Horizons conversation, which we have a lot of information right now we can talk about. It might be is an entire episode also, but we have until May, June, before that's going to be a big, big thing that we have to worry about. But, you know, there's a whole list of different strategies to get better. I think the reason that they're testing it in Modern, though, is because of what you said. Modern is a format that is the most public and most professional level of Magic that plays it eternally, really, because Legacy has some GPs, but really nothing. Vintage is barely supported, if you want to even argue it's not supported at all, except on Moto. And so because of that, this is the perfect pressure cooker. Because if you want to test something out, having the 800 best Magic players of all time all working as hard as possible to break something... Is the best format to do that that's how you that's how they test pressure test things so you know before putting it in the public sphere, having them figure it out with modern, does it break the format? Do they find out that oh that you should shuffle it at the end, not just put them on the bottom. should you do this? Does this card get broken? and then once they do that, you get a moment where okay, it's fine, you know, oh, just dredge is a little bit better, uh, but on the other hand, dredge like. Getting to hate cards, the beat dredge, is a lot easier. I can now find three surgical extractions and, like, sculpt my hand so I have them ready to go for when dredge goes off in game two. Am I... Do I need to find natural eyes? And then there's even a next level where dredges is then looking for nature's claims. So, like, Leyline of the Void isn't as good as you think it is. So, there's
3: there's a game
2: to that that'll happen. Definitely. And, I mean,
3: because we all know that in Modern, one of the biggest things you do in Game 2 is you mulligan down to your answer. I mean, it's the whole reason that high-impact Modern sideboard cards are a thing. You want to have three copies, often four copies, of a powerful sideboard card because the game will be lost on turn two if you don't answer the powerful thing they're doing often.
2: Which might... On the back end lead this to a moment where what everyone's worried about, which is combo decks or these 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 degenerate decks are going to become better. there might get an immediate pickup, but then the next level of that is all of the decks that are looking for answers have a better time at finding them but then having a game plan. Oh. I brought in three Stony Silence. Now I don't get stuck with three Stony Silence accidentally in my hand. I can put two of them on the bottom of my deck if I get them both in my hand and keep the one.
3: Because you absolutely do not want to get stuck with multiple copies of those cards. I mean, right. You don't want to have two Leyline of the Voids in your hand. That's terrible.
2: Right. That's horrible. Unless you're next leveling, the next level where they have the hate card for your hate card that you want to have a second hate card to beat their hate card, hate card.
3: And then you've boarded <laughs> and you boarded a Nykthos also, so now you can Nykthos Turbo
2: Man off your double Leyline. <laughs> and that, like that's the decks I guess no one's talking about is like weird stuff like that where you like are playing the ley line deck that has been around in legacy but you can accomplish it here because you have nycthos versus um what's the uh the enchantment nycthos sarah's sanctum Sanctum? uh but and we're not even getting into and that's why i think this is a whole episode we're not even getting into the fact that like lantern is better because i can just on purpose go down to a four card hand that has three lands and a sharing bridge and now there's nothing they can do about that i can't (laughs) wait to watch this modern event this
3: is going to be one of the most fascinating modern events ever
0: and this isn't even taking into account that modern is home to several impactful is this in your opening hand cards we have the ley lines we have the chancellors we have serum powder we have gemstone caverns which, a and, and, whole bunch of cards that yeah, if you right. can aggressively mulligan to try to get to them, how does that affect their you power? To out. Big
2: shout-out on Serum uh, serum Powder, because I think people don't know exactly that the, how it works here. It doesn't work as well as you think it does, because it only counts your first mulligan, because the way it's worded doesn't work with how this mulligan rule works after your first one.
0: No, they've actually um, released official... Oh, now what right it does is, uh, officially how this mulligan works is you technically are supposed to put back the N number of cards... Before every every hand before you mulligan oh. the next time. So the way Serum Village, if I'm if I'm on my second mulligan, where I have seven cards, I'm going to have to put back two. And if Serum Visions is in that hand, serum I put- Powder. Sorry, Serum Powder. You would put back two cards, then reveal Serum Powder as you would mulligan the fourth time oh. to exile Serum Powder, those remaining four cards, and just draw another hand of five. So it's even better. Uh,
2: it's, well, it's as good as it's we thought as it was. It's as good
0: as you
3: think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to suggest that we take your advice. <laughs> and, and not we, talk
2: about this until another episode. <laughs> and we do a full show next week because I think yeah. there's
3: and there's enough modern news this week. We, we can get easily this news segment and an entire show next week. But what I do want to talk about is the small amount of information we have on Modern Horizons because I think it's the other most relevant thing to break down. We were waiting for this announcement. The reason we waited to put this episode out until today was because we wanted to do this show after the announcement had happened. Um, Andrew Brown basically was not really able to talk about this with us, which... You'll be, it's evident in the interview we just heard. We didn't want to press him to talk about stuff that he wasn't supposed to talk about. Um, but what I will say to you guys is this set pre-release is t- two days after my birthday.
2: You and Cassius Clay. Cassius Marsh. Cassius Marsh. Marsh.
3: You always say Cassius Clay.
2: No, I, I can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Um, uh. so
3: 6 dollars boosters available on uh, Magic the Gathering Online as well as in booster packs. Um, there will be a buy box promo. And today, with the announcement on stream, they previewed two cards. Yeah. These cards are sweet. <laughs> Strictly better Sarah Angel. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> this is nuts. So Sarah, the, the Sarah the Benevolent Planeswalker, white, white two four loyalty, minus three. Put a four-four white angel creature token with vigilance and flying into play. So you just get Sarah Angel for four mana and a Planeswalker left over. Plus two creatures you control with flying get plus one plus one till end of turn, and then minus six. You get an emblem with if you control a creature. Damage that would reduce your life total to less than one, reduce it to one instead. So you get a Warship for minus six. Yeah. Insane. This card is bananas.
2: I don't know if she's bananas. I mean... It's good.
3: This card's really good. It's really
2: cool. Like, I'm all on board the Sarah train. Like, uh, from a flavor perspective, I think it's really dope that every single one of its abilities is technically a Sarah-themed card, historically. Uh, warship is one of the main versions of artwork that Sarah is in. It's Sarah standing in front of a statue of Sarah. <laughs> um... Obviously, a 4-mana, four 4-4 four, four Vigilance Flyer is fine. Uh, and the plus is worse than Sorin, Solum uh, Visitor, or Solum yeah. visitors yeah. plus. So, like, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't know how much modern play this card will see, and it's going to be a little bit dependent on are there white token decks that don't need black? Because I think that Soren is better almost always. Um, still really tight, sh- super into it. All on board. Uh, And then Cabal Therapist, which is one of the better names of a magic card ever in a long
3: time. One black horror for a 1-1 menace. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, choose a non-land card name, then target player reveals his or her hand, discards all cards with that name.
2: So... First thing I noticed about this is that the only reason this isn't a human is because the deck humans exists.
0: <laughs> well, and, and it's the creature in the art. It's the creature from the original Cabal, Cabal Therapy yeah, art. Yeah. That weird horror so with a sweet bag of orange mud on yeah, its face. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: that's not mud. It's like a it's a bubble. Yeah, it's like a helmety bubbly thing.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a, definitely some that's sort sweet. of nightmare the art's horror. Amazing. The art on both of these cards is amazing. I believe then, Cassius called it fire. He saw that art and said, this art is fire.
3: It just looks, I mean, this is just going to be amazing because these are brand new cards. So that's what they're promoting in this announcement. But there will be old
2: reprints that don't have to get printed in the standard, which means this could go so many directions. Well, we have confirmed that the best, likely the best card in the set is a blue card. Is, How do we get from that? The uh, they, they they said on the stream that one of us like uh, you know we were talking about which color the first one we want to do a, this blue card and and but then they're like well you don't want to like talk about the best card in the set so we shouldn't do that on the first thing we start start talking about it so that's so... like the sentence they said so the yeah. best card in the set. According to some people, is this blue card now? Is it a reprint or not? I'm surprised we didn't get a reprint. That's the one thing that walking out of it, I was like,
3: because you'd think because you'd think they were trying to promote what they could do. So, here's the question if it's a blue card, I'll bet you it's a reprint, and if it's a reprint, it's one of three counterspells. So, the question is, which one is it? Whether it's force days or counterspell, Hmm. I don't.
0: I don't think they could put... Do you really think they could put Force in Modern?
3: Modern, it would be... be fine. Force would be worse in Modern
2: than it is in Legacy. You don't need a turn two.
3: You don't need a turn two, and it's just card disadvantage. So I know that
2: they've tried putting Counterspell and Force of Will into standard since I've started playing and failed. I know that's true of both of those. I don't think they've done that with days. I don't think they've ever really tried hard on days. I know that... I'm personally hoping that it's brainstorm.
3: <laughs> I think that of the of the ones we're talking about, days would be the safest printing, and days would be the one that would get the, get me the most excited because of its interaction with shocklands.
2: Uh, I don't agree.
3: I mean, counterspell to me would be good, but I actually don't think counterspell would be as impactful in modern as people think. I think it would be good, but like I don't think it's that much better than playing. Logic knot or like any of the other two mana counter spells you can play, even mm-hmm. deprive. like it makes it the most likely thing. It's good. I think force of will would be cool. Uh, it would protect combo decks, and it would mean that you could build a deck to like protect your own combo. but well, I think
2: I mean, the benefit of force of will coming into the format right now is if this Mulligan rule proves to be mostly fine, but combo's a little too good. The best way to stop that is had force will to the format. I mean, like, that's the one of the classic ways you fight against combo decks is having just free counter magic so that you can apply pressure while also stopping them from what they're doing. And Daze isn't as good at that as that. Where Daze is like best in one Delvery style deck, and they might just be like, We want to make Delver a thing, which I think they've done with Terramander and Arc Lake Phoenix, so I don't even know if and they might not have known that when the set was designed, so that you go back into that. But. I
3: just think you're missing I just think you're missing the
2: idea that like
3: Days in Legacy is that because everything that is good in Legacy costs like one or two. Modern has a little more going on and a little more diversity than that in terms of his deck choices that I think Days would actually give decks the protection against just like the half turn getting rolled over that Modern sometimes presents if you're on the draw versus on the play. But it would punish the decks that play it. All the decks that want to splash one island because of the two extra life you're going to have to take to get there, you'll die to the aggro decks and the burn decks too fast. That's where I think Days is so interesting. Is it the just kind lens. of what the shocklands? It just balances the format out in a really, really special way. I think. Well,
0: and also that's a real that's the the other cool thing. On the flip side, is that's a real balance when we talk about modern. And for so many people, modern is a format where you start at 15 life. Uh, picking up a shock land is a real... Sure. Like, it's versatile, but it's a real cost for the following turn. Like, am I cool Playing with this being a tap, tap land like, now? Right.
2: Well, but the, on the op- opposite end of that, you know, there was articles, and I don't know who wrote it, but he wrote a good one of comparing, actually, these different cards. And if you were to make it legal and modern, what would it look like? And when they got to days, like, days is the worst experience of, I think, these three cards, classically, to play against. Like, because... It is a, oh, I just got wrecked by something that I shouldn't have. At the same time, it was free, so it was kind of unfair and impossible for me to really play around. Like, Force of Will is free, but there is a paid life cost. You have to exile another card from your hand. Um, decks that play with it, normally those other cards are good things, unlike for with, with days where it's like, oh, I'm normally playing just one drop. So my deck is Delver, Terramander in legacy nimble mongoose which what about is a card i actually think could get printed if we want to talk cards that are more likely or unlikely nimble mongoose seems like an easy safe or card
3: what about um if they printed Force spike that's
2: not exciting It wouldn't be the best blue sure. card but what i if, think we're more likely to get uh, of that whole world the one mana uh what's it called uh um, fluster storm fluster storm yeah. i think fluster storm is a high op- it'd
3: be, opportunity that would be less exciting to me just i think it'd be good but i don't think it'd be that good um Whatever. It's really good. It's what, dope. It's whatever good it is, I really like these two new cards. I think they're both really cool. Cabal Therapist feels like it's gonna have really interesting interplay with Claim Flame in my in my world. I think that's gonna be like a really fun way. I do think what's
2: interesting is just like straight up Lingering Souls is amazing with both of these cards in a weird way. They like pick, like, and that's something they uh, some uh, I've also been reading a lot of people what they think is going to happen is, and they kind of said it on the stream, more of these cards that are going to be introduced are going to be about bringing tier two or type, uh, you know, tier two level decks more to the forefront than necessarily making decks that are good better so it's going to be that's that's a good idea black white tokens is a deck that has always been tier one tier two to tier three so let's give it enough you know tools to make it better black red goblins is actually an archetype. I think that they've for the last two years have been like we want to make this happen but they've been unwilling to print goblin matron or uh, into the format or the other one recruiter recruiter and uh, if you look at even with elves getting something like a curion ranger or the symbiote or you know there's a bunch of cool cards like that that I think we have on our way I'm really excited I think that's a whole other episode by the way of our like top 10 Uh, cards we think should be reprinted into the set
3: hugely exciting things happening in modern I mean and can you imagine like I can't wait to see what our preview card is going to be for the set I can't, oh, yeah. Like,
2: it's super a modern excited. set.
3: We're, this, we're the modern podcast. I can't wait to see what they give I us. I think so excited
2: for previews. Yeah, Magic's
3: looking great. I'm pretty happy about everything. It's going to be huge. So I think that's going to wrap us up for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks to Andrew Brown for coming on the show again for his eighth time. Uh, to, to, yeah, that's you know, super
2: exciting. Um, and, and in the show notes, we'll we'll have uh, links to his old episodes. Or just the first one, I think. I think yeah. all eight would be uh, harder for... People Our like go producer back. producer to like go find every single one. You just yeah. Apple F. I did it. It's not too hard, but <laughs> <laughs> just um, like a lot of brick text of links. I think the first one's the most fun because it's like yeah, it's baby Andrew. The last thing to
3: talk about uh, really quickly before we go is that we have an event we're throwing this weekend at GPLA at Magic Fest, Magic Fest LA. Alex and I are doing another meetup. It's going to be at the uh, JP the the JW Marriott downtown LA Live. It's like two blocks away from the convention center. There's they have a-
2: food. There. There's a bar next door. Yeah,
3: it's like a cool back patio thing. It'll, it's, you know, we didn't rent a room at or anything like that, but we, last time we had like 45 people show up. We're going to do something kind of similar. We're be running some- a
2: ton of chaos drafts. Mm-hmm. We'll have some other draft formats that you can kind of check out and play in. And uh, Just a bunch of commander, some modern jamming. So look for us at the tournament on Saturday. We'll be
3: hanging out all day. Yep. I will very likely be in a suit and uh, be playing a deck, a real deck that I talked about in the interview. And uh, You're playing in the
2: event. Yeah. So, so Ben's playing in the event. I'm not. Um, I rather hang out with everyone so i'll be around probably playing jamming games if there's anyone who wants to play jam games with me i'll be there uh and we're looking forward to hang out
3: yeah it's gonna be super fun and uh, again thanks to marshall for being an awesome producer and um yeah we'll see you guys early next week with a f- kind of a full episode getting to break down all the stuff in this
2: announcement a little bit more in depth and uh that's gonna do it if you could have any card printed into modern horizon which card would it be Oh, God. Any card printed in Modern Horizon? Any card? Yeah. Remember, you have to play against it, too. So, if, like, uh, don't pick Dark Ritual. <laughs> that's
3: so tough. I'm just trying to think what my favorite card is. Tongue Caboo. Okay. I'm just trying to think what my favorite cards to play in Highlander that I don't get to play in this format are. I know what your card
2: is. What is it? It's Baleful Strix.
3: Oh, yeah. That's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> strong, strong point. God, Baleful, Baleful Strix with my Lame Fame? I just don't even know what to do with myself. That's, like, that's all I want.
2: This would be so sweet. Oh, oh! All cool. Right. All right. Thanks, <laughs> <That's good>. guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you guys next week.
0: Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.
2: This has been a production of
0: Time Traveler Media,
2: sending podcasts into the future.